heard this verse of scripture preached this week. Somebody else was preaching it and just heard the verse and it's literally taken off in my spirit. This verse of scripture. And it says, Found in Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding to the voice of his word. Mm. I read that scripture to you today to tell you of the advantage that you have in this life over anything that you face. If you believe that you are declaring and speaking as the oracles of God, as the mouthpiece of God. In Hebrews 1, it says that the angels were sent here to minister on behalf of the heirs of salvation. On our behalf. To minister on our behalf. And it's amazing to me to think that every day what we've developed in our lives in what we call around here a daily routine of God's Word is we've developed that. That every time on a daily basis that we declare the Word The angels of God are heeding that word and making sure that that word comes to pass. I heard that preached this week. I know that passage of scripture, but when I heard it preached, it just, I didn't know, I don't think I heard anything else that the person said because I was, it just, boom, it just hit me. Do not underestimate the advantage that we have on planet earth Because of who's in our corner. (laughs) Who's working on our behalf. Thank God for the Father. Thank God for the Son, the Word of God, who is at the right hand, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And thank God for the Holy Spirit, the third part of the triune being. And thank God for His angels that are here on the earth to carry out his decrees, and his declarations. He's already said everything he's going to say. He's already created everything he's going to create where we know of on planet Earth. Now, he's looking to us to take what he's done and implement it in the Earth. Amen? That's our responsibility. What a glorious thing. What a glorious day to be alive in the kingdom of God. Wow! Wow, wow. What a glorious time to be alive in the kingdom. Thank you, Father. Be watching this Sunday. Next two Sundays, next two Wednesdays are our Connect Group sign-ups, so be watching for that. You'll hear more about it, but it'll be these next two Sundays. We've got some good groups for this spring session, or the late winter spring session in uh, and so be watching it. All the signups will be here as they usually are. And another challenge is, are you, are you reading a proverb a day? Are you reading a proverb a day? It, I, <laughs> this is no exaggeration, but it's changing my life. <laughs> 
Sometimes I'm just amazed at the power and the strength of the Word of God. Never underestimate how far the Word of God can go. I don't care what you think you know, you know nothing as you ought to know. Amen? It's what the Word says. And this is another thing I'm challenging you on throughout the year because this is all year, a proverb a day for the whole year. Just keep going with it. Read it in different translations. Over time, begin to take notes of what God's speaking to you. But I'll tell you this, above everything, make sure that those different quotes that you come across that really jump out at you, make those a part of your daily routine. My daily routine is evolving rapidly (laughs) right now as I'm going through the Proverbs, as we're declaring it. And as we're doing it together, we're all coming in and stepping into greater revelation and understanding of the wisdom of God as a body. Can you say amen? So I'm excited about it. Wow. Everybody say it again. This is my year. Come on, say it like you mean it. Yes, it's our year. Amen? It's my year. Glory to God. We've been talking the last couple of Wednesdays on a subject that I feel is vital. And and it's a subject that I feel like that a lot of people don't understand and do not know, they do not know how to activate in their life. The Bible's very clear about it. We've laid some good foundation. I'm going to look at, at some of our foundational scriptures before I look at what I, look at what I want to look at tonight. But <clears throat> the first scripture we've been reading is found in Galatians 6, starting with verse 6. And it says, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked, never will be mocked. Whatever a man sows... That will he also reap. Now, hold your, well, just stop right there. And um, because I want to read the rest of that, and then I want to read the ninth verse of Galatians 6 in the the Passion Translation. But um, look at Genesis 8 and verse 22. Genesis 8 and 22. While the earth remains, Seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night, shall not cease. So, let's say it like this. Seed time and cold, winter and day will not cease. Harvest and heat, summer and night, will not cease. There's no way we're going to get rid of any of that. Not any of it. I had somebody say to me in the last couple of days, I see that cold front blowing in Wednesday night. Well, it's already started. Do you have the right attire to leave the church tonight? Because <laughs> it's going to be colder than when you came in. But I had somebody say, you know, I, I don't mean, I hope it's not like last February. Nobody in here died as a result of some cold. Right? I mean, I know, I didn't like it. I didn't like it, the fact that it was... 33 degrees inside my house. How about you? Hmm? But as long as the earth is here, it's going to be cold. Da-da-da-da. Hmm? Cold's not going away. The wind blowing is not going away. And there's days I just really despise the wind. How about you? Huh? I mean, I just think, stop it. Huh? Slamming, hammering stuff, and ah, shut up. Right? It's not going away. 
Day and night are not going away. Not going away. But neither is seed time and harvest. So go back to Galatians 6. And he says this. I'll read that verse again. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he will reap. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. He who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season you shall reap if you don't lose heart. And the reaping is what we're talking about. Our series title is just simply The Harvest. And we've been taught through the years, all of us have, we, I've taught much on it, taught some on harvesting, but more on sowing. We teach about sowing, but <clears throat> seed time and harvest, you can't separate them. And I'll just say this, and this is very important. If you're going to be involved in biblical seed time, you have to harvest. You have to, or it's a waste because of what it creates if you don't harvest. In my life today, I don't give to get something. I give to receive something so I can give again, to receive again, to give, to receive. I'm not, a, I'm not a giver to get something. I'm a giver to receive, to harvest, to, to watch what God has set in motion happen. Don't tell me that what they're talking about in Scripture here is only, only has to do with vegetables and fruits because that's pretty nutty and fruity. It's talking about everything, everything. What you say is a seed. That's why what you say is so vital that you understand what you say is His Word. Mark chapter 4, parable of the sower. Jesus said, you don't understand this, you won't understand anything else. I'll say it again. You don't understand seed time. That seed time, first and foremost, is sowing the Word. Declaring the word, speaking the word out of your mouth so that you, you're hearing yourself speak the word so it begins to change the way you think and it begins to change what you trust in. You're not speaking the word on a daily basis. You're trusting what you see, what you hear, and your ability to accomplish things. The Word of God begins to change the way you think and it causes you to step back in every situation and consider God before you make decisions. That's what the Word of God brings to the table. He said, you don't understand that the sower sows the Word first. We've used, people have used Mark chapter 4 regarding first and foremost financial sowing. It's part of it, but not until you become a sower of the Word. Because the sowing financially won't work. It won't produce the harvest that we're looking for. And if the Bible promises specific things, and it promises a harvest, time and time and time and time again, if it promises it, then it has to be true because God cannot lie. If He promised it in His Word, it will come to pass, but we've got to play by the rule book. And I'm just telling you today, seed time and confession time is not all there is to harvesting. Seed time and confession time are a big part of it. They're in a very important part. First and foremost, if you don't understand that about making declaration of the Word, you're not going to understand anything else. Because my understanding comes from the Word to understand what I'm talking to you about tonight. But that's not all there is. And that's why we're reading that tonight. We're looking at several things tonight that are showing us that's not all there is. Can you say amen? I want to read in the Passion Translation, Galatians 6, 9. 
And don't allow yourselves to be weary in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Everybody say, my harvest is on its way. I mean, you need to hear yourself talking like that. I'm going to be real blunt about some of this harvesting, some of the harvesting issues. And I'm going to be real blunt, not because I'm such an authority on it. Maybe you wouldn't have thought I would have said that. Not because I'm, I'm saying it like I'm such an authority on it. Because I want harvest in my own personal life and where this church is concerned like I've never seen before, because I want it His way. I'm not talking about manufacturing harvest. I'm not talking about harvesting, quote, through manipulation or, or working people or those kind of things. I'm talking about obedience to the Word of God. And there are some things that go with sowing seed, making declarations that are vital to the success of a person's life that is harvesting from God. It's vital that we understand this. I'm, I'm telling you, vital. You're going to hear it. Not, I'm not going to teach on this for long periods of time throughout the year, but I'm going to teach on it a lot throughout this year because it's vital that we get a hold and we understand what it means to be a harvester. I say it all the time out of my mouth. You need to hear yourself say it. I say this out of my, my mouth all the time. My harvest is in my hands. I've seen some great harvest in my life. But I'm declaring today, my harvest is in my hands. Now, in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> in that passage talking about due season, due season's always longer than you want, Correct? Well, I mean, I've been saved for almost 45 years now. Next month will be 45 years, and um, it always takes longer. Due season. Yeah. You can go make it happen quicker, but true due season, and due season has to do with some of the things we're talking about tonight, and it has to do with a developed heart, a developed understanding of the things that you need to know so you can handle your harvest. God doesn't want you to be destroyed because of things coming your way, good things coming your way. He wants you to be able to handle it. How many believe that tonight? Wow. So I'm declaring over each and every one of you that this is the year of you reaping harvest because of the preparation that you've done and that you continue to stay in. Sowing, cultivating, prepping, preparing yourself, meditation, confession of the word, the, the things that we've talked about throughout the last couple of years, that as we stay in that mode, we position ourselves to receive all God has for us. Can you say amen? <clears throat> Seed time and harvest governs everything. Seed time and harvest governs everything. I'll give you a little homework till the next time that we meet uh, on this subject for you to just think about. What is seed time and harvest in different areas of my life? We get, we get a, a good understanding of it where finances are concerned because it's been a taught a lot. But we just read in Galatians, whatever a man sows, whatever he sows, he will reap. Why? That's the law of Genesis. That's that law. Everything produces after what? After its own kind. You're not going to plant a cucumber and reap a tomato. Right? You're not going to sow bad seed and reap a good harvest. 
But what I want you to meditate on is what areas, what, what is seed time and harvest in different areas of your life other than what makes sense, what makes natural sense? We're going to address a couple of them tonight here in the next few minutes, but, I want, but, but that's some good homework. Proverbs chapter 10, and I want to just read over a few passages of Scripture here to kind of give you something else in what we're talking about regarding this. Number one, that there is more than just sowing seed and making confession. There's more to it than that. Proverbs 10.4 says this, He who has a slack hand, one translation said, He who's lazy becomes poor. But the hand of the diligent makes what? Rich. The hand of the diligent makes rich. He who has a slack hand, and I'll just say this, I've been in the faith and confession movement for many, 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 many years. And one of the things in that movement that there was for a long time, it's not so much a movement as it was just people hungry for the things of God, but one, one of the things in that is that, that sowing seed and making confession is all there is to it. And that's not. We just read right here. You can sow your seed and you can make your confessions and then think that's all there is to it and be lazy and it says you'll become poor. I, I mean, in 33 years of pastoring, almost 33 years of pastoring, I can't tell you how many times people have talked to me through the years. Pastor, you don't understand the seed that I've sown. And how I've not seen the harvest that I've been believing for. How I've not seen things come to pass. I've sown tons of seed, you know. I speak over my seed. I pray over it. I water it, you know, and all that. And it's just not producing. But it has to. Did you hear me? It has to. What do you, it has to produce. Maybe not today. Maybe not tomorrow. Maybe not next week, next month, next year. Whatever. But it has to produce. But it would be like me going and tilling up my backyard, planting seed in the ground, watering it once or twice, and then just leaving it. There's more involved in what you have to do to cultivate it, spend time with it, watch it, make sure that, that bugs aren't getting in it, stuff that's going eat, to eat at it. Make sure the deer don't get it, right? <clears throat> Make sure a lot of different things. There's a lot of time and effort. It's, it's not as easy as it seems. I had the privilege of knowing for a number of years Becky's grandparents that lived in uh, south of San Antonio in a little town called Pettis. And uh, had the privilege of <laughs> watching a 75-year-old man whoop my hind in and in, in stacking hay in a barn. I was about to pass out, and he was just talking like, he, like maybe there was a drip of sweat, you know. He'd been doing it all of his life. But I mean, that man planted a garden that just would never end. I mean, and, and it, there were no bugs eating the leaves. There was nothing, you know. And he didn't spray it with all kinds of nasty insecticide, you know, different things like that. But, but he knew how to take care of it. It was a lot of work to watch him from when he started it to ending it. I'm telling you, it took some work. Huh? If I, we were going to be lazy and sit around and do nothing, you know, and just expect it to, to happen, it wouldn't have happened. And year after year after year, he used the same dirt. And then he would come in and do some things and add some, I don't know, compost or whatever it was, huh? Manure, whatever it was, yeah. <clears throat> you know, poo-poo. <laughs> he'd, he'd add whatever it needed to be added and, and to develop it over time, you know. But he'd use that same soil and just year after year after year after year after year. It was amazing how it was. But the work involved was amazing. 
Notice what the the next verse says in verse 5. He who gathers in summer or in harvest time is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. You can be sleeping when you need to be working. You can be working when you need to be sleeping. And it's the difference in sowing to the flesh or sowing to the spirit. Everything I'm reading to you tonight, I want you to grab a hold of that. The difference in sowing to the flesh and sowing to the spirit. There's a huge difference. Sowing to the spirit is God's way of thinking and doing and operating. Sowing to the flesh is your way without God. That's why you have to become convinced of being a sower of the word first, coming out of your mouth into your ears and beginning to change the way that you think. My daily confessions is not to change circumstances around me per se. It's to change the way I think and my perception of how God operates. So when God wants me in faith to be speaking something or praying something or declaring something over something that I believe that what I say at that moment is going to come to pass, then I'll have what I say. See, but not, my daily confessions is not to change everything around me necessarily, but it's changing me. Because when you change and you become convinced, then you'll find yourself sowing what kind of seed? Spiritual seed. And I'm telling you, spiritual, spiritual and natural go hand in hand. They operate exactly the same. There's some, there's some different components in spiritual sowing and reaping that are a little bit different than natural sowing and reaping, but for the most part, they're exactly the same. And we have to understand that. So we need to understand sowing and reaping from a natural perspective and from a spiritual perspective. Deuteronomy chapter 11 and verse 13. Well, let me say this before I move on. The other thing about sowing from the spiritual to the natural, nothing is automatic. I can remember times when your grandpa, I remember a few times helping him plant, you know, um, plowing the ground up and then planting. And I can remember thinking, dang, where is that stuff? Or, or, the, or, or the shoots would come up from the ground, or they were already up, you know? And you're watching the plants day after day after day. You're watching, making sure there's nothing on it, watering it, cultivating it, pulling the weeds up, making sure all that's developed. And then one day, you see a, a little piece of something. Like, say, on a tomato plant, you just see something green. And then, and then it begins to grow and grow, but you still keep doing the same thing even though it's not fruit. How many times when we're, when we're sowing spiritual seed, all of a sudden one day it's like, boom, there's something. I just know that's going to happen, but I still don't see it. But I know it, but I still don't see it. Yeah, but, yeah, but I know it, but, but nothing is automatic. Amen? And I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you this. I speak, when I say it to you, I'm saying it about myself. We should be, the church of Jesus Christ should be farther along in this area than we are. Everybody say, I'm a reaper. I'm telling you, 2022 is a year of walking in revelation. That we're not just sowers, we're reapers. So we can sow again. Can you say amen? amen? We have to have that. So Deuteronomy 11 and verse 13. And it shall be that if you earnestly obey my commandments, which I command you today to love the Lord your God and serve him with all of your heart and with all your soul, then I will give you the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the latter rain that you may gather in your grain your new wine and your oil. 
Now, the best that I understand, and you, there may be different, maybe people that are true farmers or whatever that understand this in a, in a, in a better way. But in, in doing some study of history concerning the, the early and the latter rain, when a crop was good, it's because the early rains came to help the growth of the planting. So they would plant, and then the early rains would come to give it um, water to help it grow quicker in the beginning stages. Because if they plant and then there's no water, in the, in, in the days that about this was written, there weren't irrigation systems or you know, sprinkler systems going on and all that kind of thing. They depended on the rain. And for the harvest to be good, you had to have the early rain for the beginnings of it, and then the latter rain that came in the weeks leading up to harvest time. That made, that created a harvest that was an optimum yield. It was an optimum yield when they had the early and the latter rain. So when you apply that, and notice he said, so that with those early and latter rains, you can gather your grain and everything else into your storehouses. Meaning, we're prospering. This year, we're rich because we're harvesting our seed. Can you say amen to that? And, and it matters about the early and the latter rain. Now, the rains and the waters are compared to the Word of God in Scripture. And the washing of the water of the Word as it talks about in a relationship between a husband and a wife is what has to be done in every other area of your life when you're believing God. So for me to allow myself to be a sower of the Word, to hear the Word, to develop that and continue in that as I'm doing my work, I'm, I'm, I'm obeying what God's telling me to do about whatever it is that I'm believing God for, whatever I'm sowing for. But all along the way, when you're starting that, you need the water of the Word. Toward the end of your harvest time, you need to still be in the Word, declaring the Word, and letting all of the heavenlies know, I believe this stuff. Because, because of the fact that I've stayed with the Word in my life, there is a belief system that I'm saying that I have, many of you have, there's a belief system that cannot be rocked no matter what comes if you stay with the water of the Word. During, during the season that they're talking about, from the time they planted till the time that they harvest, there could have been some really hot days, looked like it was going to scorch their, their, their fruit, but you kept with the Word. Even when there's times when it looks like it's not working and things don't appear to be actually happening, if I stay in the Word and stay confident in God's Word, that's what brings me the ability to trust Him and not be moved by what I see. That's why we have to have spiritual sowing and reaping and natural sowing and reaping. We need to be sowing the things in the natural that complement what I do in the Spirit. My sowing spiritually of the Word of God, my declarations of it, my praying, my watching over that, not quitting, not stopping, is the same thing that has to happen in the natural realm. And when I do what, I, what my part is in the natural, what I'm doing in the spiritual is working. I'm saying, I believe most people struggle in harvesting because all of their faith was on just what they were sowing and speaking instead of now, what is God telling you to do? See, my doing has to be connected with what Holy Spirit is telling me. I stay connected that way. I allow the spiritual and the natural sowing and reaping to complement each other. It's a win-win. 2022 is a year of harvest and beyond. Can you say amen? He said, And I will send grass in your fields for your livestock that you may eat 
and be filled. Take heed to yourselves, lest your heart be deceived, and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. That you turn aside and serve other gods. There's other things in life that want your attention. There's other ways of thinking other than God himself that becomes a God to you that wants your attention and wants you distracted so you don't stay and remain faithful to what he's told you to do. That's where we get off. Serving, wor- serving and worshiping other gods, other ideas, other ways of thinking. Well, you know, I just don't have time to stay on this because I've, you know, had, had so many things I've had to do. Like, like what? Well, you know, I had to go to the Spurs game the other night, you know. And, uh, you know, and, and going to the Spurs game, I didn't have time to do any of this other stuff. Everybody know the Spurs is great, amen? Everybody say Spurs are great, amen? And, and whatever you want to watch or do. But when you start putting that kind of stuff ahead of what you're doing in the Word, you can do both. But don't think and don't allow yourself to become what? Lazy, like Proverbs 10 said. Don't become lazy when it's time that the, early, the latter rains of the Word of God need to be still coming out of your mouth so you can harvest the things that God promised you. And then we don't see the harvest and everybody wants to blame God for why it's not working. Everybody say, not me. Not me. Not me. Amen? So you see, and we're not going to go there tonight, but we'll, we'll probably look at it the next time. But in Deuteronomy 28, you, you see the blessings and the curse, the curses. And in Deuteronomy 28, and starting with verse 1, uh, says something like, um, whoever, um, gosh, I went blank. Anyway, if you're, if you're diligent and obedient to do the things that God's told you to do, that all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. Bless you, you be in the city, in the field. Bless you, you be when you come in and go out. You're the head, not the tail, above and not beneath. Bless coming in, going out, and everything that you set your hand to will prosper. Listen to me, listen to me. When you read that, that is the will of God for your life. Did you hear me? That is the will of God in your life. But if I choose, and I'm just using the word lazy, that doesn't mean that you're necessary. Saying that doesn't mean people will say, well, I'm not lazy. I work and do all these. No, no, no. That's not what he's talking about. I mean, it might be, but, that, but I think predominantly that's not really what he's talking about. I think he's talking about a person with a slack hand that quits doing what's right. And in the curses in Deuteronomy 28, and it's good to go back there and read, that when, when you become convinced of what you know, and you're in pride in your life, it says that God shuts the heavens. Now, wait a minute. I know a scripture that says, as a tither, the windows of heaven are open over me. I heard Fabian teach that on Sunday. Blessing is poured out. There's not room enough to receive. But listen to me. Not with a slack hand. You say, well, you know, that, that's all this pressure. No, there's no pressure. I mean, you know, if you're going to be lazy, then it's not going to work. But I mean, if you can get over your laziness or your slackness and, and purpose to do what's right, who wouldn't want to enter in and be a recipient of everything that God wants for you? Just go read Deuteronomy 28, the first 15 verses, and that is God's will for your life. The head and not the tail above and not beneath. Bless coming in, going out. Everything you set your hand to will prosper. Everything. But it takes the combination of sowing, of confession, and of natural sowing and confessing. Did you hear what I said? Natural sowing and doing and cultivating and watching over what it is, being serious about it and being more aware of what God's telling you to do than anything else in any other voice that's out there because there's voices everywhere trying to tell you all kinds of stuff to discourage you, to distract you, to not be in a position to harvest. I used to work for a coffee company out of 
California called Farmer Brothers. Anybody ever heard of Farmer Brothers? Farmer Brothers Coffee, yeah. I was a salesman. I drove about 1,500 miles a week to sell coffee and fix coffee machines when they broke down in restaurants. <laughs> it was a long haul. Did it for a long time. But I got uh, or they brought all the salespeople in our area to their, uh, to their uh, home office in California. And we were, they, they were showing us how they distribute beans to make certain blends of coffee. And uh, the massive silos, we were inside the building, and the silos were inside, but then they went through the roof, and it was all, you know, sealed and everything. It was a massive place, beautiful place. And, uh, and one day... Inside the building, these trucks, these, these um, dump trucks that were brand new, they had plastic-coated beds, and they would dump from the silo, they'd open the silo, and, and the coffee beans would go into the, to the back of the dump truck, and they'd take it, and they'd mix it with another group to make a certain blend or brew of coffee. And we're standing at the glass, looking through, and this truck pulls up, and I'm standing there looking at that truck thinking, he's not under the silo. He was parked right next to it. And this guy, the guy that was telling us about it, see the truck's there and now here in a minute it's going to release. And I'm thinking, man, it, it, there must be some hidden little thing that's coming out that's going to dump the coffee, you know. And, and here in a minute, I mean, you think of a, a big, you know, regular sized dump truck that is backed up and it's not under the silo. And all of a sudden they hit the button and here comes all these beans on the ground. A dump truck full and they just got rid of them. And I thought to me, what a great picture of being in alignment. Hmm? To what? To receive. And that's what the things I'm talking to you about, that's what these things do to help us be in alignment to receive by not becoming lazy, not becoming distracted, not desiring to quit. Because we read in Galatians 6, 9, if you don't quit, you will reap. See, because if you're involved in God's kingdom in seed time, then you have to be involved in harvest time because seed time in God only produces harvest. And the good thing is, it produces God's kind of harvest. And God's kind of harvest is 30, 60, 100-fold, 100-fold in famine, 100-fold never let it be said that anybody ever gave anything for, to, on behalf of God and His kingdom, that in this life, He'll receive 100-fold. I mean, those are the dividends you won't find anywhere else on the planet. But you won't find them just sowing seed and making a few confessions if you don't understand the importance of the spiritual and the natural complementing each other. And when we get a hold of that, man, we're, it's a win-win. Can you say amen? I'm going to, I'm getting a little late <clears throat> to move on, but, but I'm just going to show you this one piece and then I'm going to end right here. <clears throat> We'll read this next time again, but I want you to look at Haggai 1 and verse 1. Haggai 1, 1. And I want you to just, I'm, I'm going to read down a certain distance, and then I'm going to stop, and we'll pick it up next time, because we're going to read this and chapter 2 both. But I want you to hear this. So in the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the, of the Lord came to Haggai, the prophet, of Zer, uh, uh, to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, say, the, the people say, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, saying, is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruin? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and brought in little. You eat, but it's not enough. You never have enough. 
You drink, but you're not filled. It's not enough. You're clo- you clothe yourself, but it's, but it's not warm. I mean, you've got t-shirts for wintertime because you don't have enough. He said, consider your ways. Uh, <clears throat> and, and then he said, but he said, um, and he who earns wages, earns wages to put in a bag with holes. And so, earn wages, and it's like, man, I just got paid, and there's not enough, and it's like, I, I have no, I have no, you know, I have no ability to take care of this, that, and the other, because it's like, man, it's like, I get paid, my money comes in, and it's like, it's gone, like in a bag with holes in it, and again, for the second time, what does he say? Consider your way. Consider what you're doing. Now, what have we been talking about the whole night, and I want to drive this point home, We've been talking about the difference in sowing to the flesh and sowing to the Spirit. Now watch what he says. Go up to the mountains, bring wood, and build the temple. Are they sowing? Yeah, they're sowing by building. They're sowing by gathering. They're sowing by building. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Because my house that is in ruins while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew. Oh, so there's no rain coming down when you're planting. There's no rain there to saturate the soil when you're harvesting. Did you hear what I said? And why? When you look at the house of God here, the temple, the house of God, versus their house, does God not want you to take care of your house? Does God not want you to do for yourself what needs to be done? Absolutely not. But what he's saying is, you're spending too much sowing to yourself and not enough sowing in the house. And that's the difference in sowing to the flesh and the spirit. You see it here very clear. And what's really exciting is, in this passage, is that when God brought the correction, the people repented. And you know what happened? They had a bumper year. I mean, most amazing year ever. And we'll see that as we read through it. You can go read it yourself, but you'll see it when we read through it. But you have to see the different analogies that there are here to the house of God versus your own house. The spirit versus the flesh. What am I sowing into? Just into my flesh and just things that have to do with me? It says that the heavens are closed and the water that you're attempting to water your seed with is not really saturating the ground. It's not preparing for the harvest. So what happens is you're sabotaging the harvest because of all the time you're sowing to your flesh. In Galatians 9, sowing to the flesh is not wrong. Is it wrong to go outside and plant natural plants in the ground? Absolutely not. What God's trying to get over to us is the importance is you'll never understand anything else if you don't become a spiritual sower of the Word of God. If you're not sowing the spiritual seed of the Word of God, you'll never understand anything else. Whatever you don't understand tonight about what I'm even bringing to you, if there's things about what I'm saying to you tonight that you're not understanding, you'll understand it if you're a sower of the Word. He'll bring it to you. I've given you two chapters that I think are key. I'm seeing things in these two chapters I never saw 20 years ago. Things about it. I I mean, I bet the first five times I ever heard a message preached out of Haggai, it was somebody kind of trying to beat me up because I hadn't given enough to the church. That's not what he's talking about. We have to harvest. When you do it His way, you have to harvest. Because people have to see you harvesting. 
and they have to see it working in your life or it doesn't speak. I'm just telling you right now, we should, as the body of Jesus Christ around the world, as the body of Jesus Christ in the United States of America, in the state of Texas, in Kerr County, in Kerrville, and all, all the surrounding areas, we should be farther along in this area right here than we are. Now listen to me. I'm going to end with this thought. I'm not talking about how much you have because you can be a billionaire financially and be poor. We're really going to get into this next time. Possibly next Wednesday. But we're really going to get into this. I'm going to say it again. You can be a billionaire and be poor. And you can have revelation of and from God in certain areas of your life and not have revelation concerning finances. And you can say, well, you know, God's enough. I'm rich because of God. Yeah, you're not rich enough. If you don't have enough to rub two nickels together and you can't, you don't have enough food to eat, it's not working. No matter how much revelation you may have in different areas of life. So you understand, it's not talking about how much you have or don't have. It matters what you're doing with what you have. And if you take these principles, and I just gave you a few verses of Scripture, the Bible talks more about money than it talks about anything else. It talks more about money than it talks about faith, than praying. It talks about money more than anything. And I'm just telling you, God created you to be a harvester. Go read Deuteronomy 28, first 15 verses, and just know that's you. <laughs> that's you. That's who, that's who he made you to be. But it will not happen when you're living under a closed heaven. It will not happen when you pull your dump truck up and it's not under the silo. There was your harvest. And you missed it. Well, I just feel empty. Because <laughs> you is. Your beans are on the ground. I have to say that's a really good example and analogy. That was, re that was really good, I have to say. You got what I'm saying, right? Amen. I'm telling you, I believe in everybody sitting in here tonight, and I'm praying for you every day, praying daily for you, that you're in a position to receive the things you're harvesting areas of your life, not just in the financial realm, but you're harvesting in every area, and, and, and a receiver of all that God has promised you in your, that you will not back off. You're receiving, you received the early rain, but man, the latter rain's coming to you. And that latter rain is coming as you stay faithful and your harvest is manifesting. Because I'm telling you, I said it, Fabian repeated me. I'm living in a perpetual harvest that will never stop as long as I live on this planet. How about you? Amen.